Welcome to the Challenge Chronicles. I'm Devin Jordan. I'm with Rob McIntyre and Trace Armstrong. We are here to do a recap of the challenge, Ride or Dies, episode 12. Before we get started, we wanted to give a few patron shout outs since we've been absolutely negligent in that for who knows how long. Uh, so this goes out to JT, AC Miller, and Cody Hansen. Thank you for your support. It's what keeps the podcast going. If you too would like to become a patron, you can go to patreon.com slash the challenge chronicles and subscribe for $4 per month. We'll also leave a link in the show description below with that episode 12, the challenge writer dies. Let's give a quick couple of quick thoughts before we get into the fast five, where we recap episode 12. What did the two of you think? I really liked it. I, I was thoroughly entertained. There was not a lot of the things that I despise, like, you know, it was two rounds of a mission, um, and we didn't have a useless club scene. Like, it felt like, other than the dumb interrogation, everything went very quickly. <laughs> and so I was very satisfied with what we got on our TV. Yeah, I thought it was decent. There were at least a couple of different moving parts this episode. I also like that we got a little bit of people kind of playing the actual game at the foot where people seem to really be trying to protect the ride or die outside of one notable exception, um, which is what they should be doing based on what the actual format is, even if they don't know that necessarily. So I thought all around, all around it was a, a decent episode. No, 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 nothing special, but certainly not a bad one. Yeah, I think that's my belief, too. I, I thought it was all right. There were some good moments. Um, I think one really good moment, and we'll get to that when we do the recap, but Let's get into the the Fast Five. Everyone comes back to the house and congratulates Amber. Casey says she feels good because her team has won two missions in a row now. And Devin says it's a male elimina- elimination week. Jordan talks about how it sucks to lose Norris. Nelson says that he'll uh, miss having someone to trust in Norris around the house. And then we get into a conversation between Amber and Chauncey where they talk about her being an elimination, how the final was close. And about how together they want to start a family, get married, and get a house. That's Those are kind of the life goals that they've been discussing with each other. And the next scene, we get Johnny and Nani in a conversation. He said that he thought it would be ride or dies until the end, which I thought was kind of interesting. What did the two of you think about that? Yeah, I... I mean, he's he still probably thinks it's going to go back that way. Yeah, right? he knows it's going to go back that way. Well, they yeah he he knows that it's not going to stay teams, right? In the Certainly. back in, in the back of his head, I think that's definitely an option. And we talked about this over the last couple of the weeks that I'm sure that that's a that's floating around in the house that, that it could potentially go back to right or dies. And I think that's why I think some of them. I bet you there is some type of suspicion that the players that have been eliminated haven't been completely eliminated to this point. Yeah, and again, this is where we see, like, I'm sure we're referencing it in a little bit, but Fessy talking to Mariah about, like, throw the mission here so I'll, I'm, I can stick around. Um, we're seeing a little bit of that come into play. Like, that's what they should be doing in reality if they knew actually what was going on. But with the information they have, at least there seems to be some awareness, like, keeping your ride or die around is what you should be doing. I mean, again, they also, like, they mention who the ride or die is every eight seconds on the show. So clearly it's still important. Yeah. I, I like the conversation. I think it it's one of those moments that really humanizes bananas, which they don't often do on this show. And it kind of gave insight into, yeah, Nani and bananas have had their ups and downs on and off the show. But at the end of the day, like he legitimately does have her back and it's not just gameplay. So I thought that was a cool, just a cool little moment there. I don't know. I thought it was bullshit and fluff. Like we've gotten that the entire season. Like we don't need to get that anymore. Like it seems like every episode we get this Johnny talking about how he's been impressed by how far she's gotten. And Nani says that they're looking out for each other while they're still on other teams. Is this just an indication that they're going to win or at least go pretty far into the finals? And I mean, it's a, to it, yeah, it does seem like things are kind of zeroing in around two teams in particular in my mind. Who would you say? Um, the other we've one kind is? of always felt Thorny and Devin. I don't know. I don't think it has been We're as not much getting... as it has been Nani and Johnny. I guess I feel like we got more of Johnny and Nani lately, whereas Tori's had her own storylines to combat with, with her ex-fiance. But I felt like earlier in the season, we certainly got quite a bit of Tori and Devin working together um, and them being shown together. So I, I would still have very much have them 
on top of my leaderboard, followed by Johnny. And yeah, I still have my same top four, except I think that I think Fessy's going to wind up screwing himself in the next episode, and we'll call that. We'll talk about that later. We get in a conversation after Johnny and Nani speak with each with each other. A conversation between uh, is this where we get? Oh, this is where we get a random conversation between Nelson and Corey, where Nelson calls up. <laughs> I was like, as soon as that happened, like Devin absolutely hated this. He he was about to throw a brick through his TV screen. It wasn't my favorite <laughs> moment in the episode. It was useless, but pointless. <laughs> it was dumb. Like I don't even get the. It was just like a way that they could kind of shoehorn Corey into the storyline. I don't, I don't really get They it. want Corey involved. Corey, Corey's got a lot of Instagram followers, man. They want to keep him on. They want to keep him on TV. If you had to guess what my favorite moment in this episode was, what, what would you guess? It was my favorite moment by far. Not even remotely close. Hmm. I honestly don't know. That Devin pulling out the save Chauncey plan? No, I didn't even... I didn't think that that was that great. I thought... I started to audibly die laughing when Jordan starts to talk at the end of the episode about yeah. his vote how and he doesn't think about how someone terrorists. dragged in and someone uh, dragged in their personal relationship to get them to do what he get get Jordan to do what they wanted and I just knew he was going to say I don't negotiate with terrorists like I knew he was going to say it before he said it and when he said it I just started to crack up uh, and thought that that was pretty good and then I thought it was good about how they started to like chirp back at each other, or at least Tori started to try and chew him out while they were both on the stage. Uh, I thought that was. I do. I, I do enjoy. Good. Obviously, they have their own dynamic. I do enjoy a good audience chirping back at back at each other during the elimination. So, so I, just people in the middle of an elimination deciding to take the time to like yell at other people about something, like when Corey and Huey were yelling at each other last season on the elimination. That, that, that's what I'm here for. Or even when people that are watching the elimination start to scream at each other, right? I mean, that, those like are some Nelson of the, Young at Tory last season. Those are some of the most memorable eliminations that we have of all time. Even when you go back and look at Inferno 1. Yes. And the wild elimination between Katie Doyle and Julie. That one. The other one I think Leah that's really good people Kendall. to talk about is after the Bananas um, Isaac elimination on free agents, when he and Jordan are yelling back, at, back and forth at each other, I, I get pretty into that. Uh, like, all right, let's go. Let's, let's keep this yeah, going. That one where Zach and Trey lose on Rivals 2, but they think they've won, and Zach just heaves his helmet at the other people, <laughs> and he starts screaming, only to find out he lost. So that's, that's, that's the thing with the Odyssey elimination where it's so tough, right? Because we don't want them influencing outcomes, but you definitely want them involved. I think you can do... You can have both. I think you can do one without I think having you, to do the other. I think you just have to you just have the producers yell at them when they start, when they start doing stuff. I think if you made it clear with them, they wouldn't do it because it it seems apparent that mm. they really toe the line of what the producers want because they do care about that a lot because they want to be recast. But yeah, I guess that's fair for a large majority of them. There's some who I think wouldn't care as much who just have so much equity or don't care to be back on the show. But for this, that middle grouping, yeah. So we get the conversation between Fessy and Corey. Corey tells Nelson that he needs to take out Fessy and Johnny, which. I mean, realistically, he's probably right. Yes. Uh, Corey also says that he's <laughs> he, Corey's astounded that Nelson has been working with Fessy. And this is where we get Nelson's existential moment about everything going on with his mom and about their relationship. And so this should be a pretty good indication that Nelson is going home. Yeah, Jordan, so like it's a t- tough scene for my guy here. Um, I thought it was – I did think it was interesting too – that he was like, yeah, you're going to get rid of Fessy and Bananas, even though they were both on his team at this moment, at this point. So even so, clearly there's some indication, like, yeah, we're not saying together. We also don't know when this conversation took place. This could have taken place no, fair. a month ago. Yeah. It could have been episode two, right? Like, who knows? Yeah. Exactly. But it, it is the correct move because, like, I mean, Nelson has to know he's at the bottom of all their totem poles. So, like, you kind of have to work with him to a point. And then when you see an opportunity, you strike. And he said it, I think, last episode. He's like, man, I should have done something different when I had power because now I'm screwed. Like, he essentially said that. 
I mean, I think if they ran it in pairs, I think he and Reese have a, and it was the th- those three teams. I think he and Reese have a very good chance of winning mm-hmm. that. But that, well, I don't that, know. If that and that changing to the team format ruined Nelson's game completely. Yeah, that's, it really did. And that's largely to do with Nerese's ability, I would say, and not necessarily anything having to do with Nelson. She no, would it's have because I think Nerese is a win. <laughs> I think it. I think. I mean, he can run. Yeah, he has very good endurance, clearly. But yeah, she would have been helping out quite a bit there. In the next scene, we get a conversation between another uh, phone conversation between Jordan and a friend that he has in the Ukraine. Jordan talks about the humanitarian work that he's been doing and that he's been helping ship supplies and evacuate people uh, from the country and about how the money that he wins when he does win goes a long way. There's just no way that Jordan and Anissa are going to win. No. And that's why... Even with this format? They're going to make the final, the and I still have maintained that from day one. They're making the final, but they have zero chance of winning this final. Yeah, I don't think that they're... I don't think it's crazy to say that they make the final. I think anyone that thinks that they have a chance to win... I don't know. I mean, we, we've seen... I mean, crazy Pat Mayo have, bet me my, that they my thing is make the just, final. And I was like, you're crazy. They're making the my final. Thing is, my, my thing is, like... There's no chance that they would deserve to win a final. Is what right. I would say, I guess, right? Yeah. Like, yes. they, they can, the producers can pull something out of thin air and everyone else gets DQ'd or whatever, like USA, and then they win. But if there's no there's no chance they would run the final, like, okay, that was a dominating performance. No, there would have to be some extenuating circumstances for that to happen. Because <laughs> they're going to come in last on every single leg of a final Unless there's some, like, the Spies, Lies, and Allies final where all you have to do is get to the final leg and then somebody gets run the wrong way by production and then you somehow trot your way to the finish line. I think if you literally sat down, if you're the producers, and tried to draw up a final that they would have the best chance to win relative to everyone else, I don't even I don't even know how you would do it. Gauntlet 2? <laughs> Not even that. And it I was think something what specifically you, what, that Anissa what, was the best at in the house. Like, what what is Anissa the best at out of everyone in the house? I mean, I would say she's pretty good at she's puzzles. She's decent at puzzles. Uh, you would have to do, like, ten yeah. puzzles where she only has to run 50 yards between each puzzle. If they had a construction competition, Horatio was gone. I think Jordan probably is good at that. Or if they had a situation where... <clears throat> Like, for instance, it was, like, a tag team final where one partner has to run and do all this chicanery and then tag his partner at the puzzle, and that way she doesn't have to run yeah, at all. Yeah, that's a good idea. Like, Jordan does a lap, and then he hits Denise, and then Anissa does, one, like, some carnival game, and then Jordan does another lap, and then Anissa does a carnival game. Like, that, that, that they could win. We get a conversation Let's not give them any team. ideas, by the way. You guys, producers, you never heard that conversation. I, th- I, I don't think that's that bad compared to some other stuff they've done. We get a conversation between Fessy and Mariah. Fessy asks if Mariah will help her win on a guy's day. And Mariah brings up that Fessy didn't help her win on a girl's day. And then Fessy says that she didn't ask. And Mariah talks about this is where we get a good indication of what's going to happen later in the episode. You get pretty much, if you watch the everything before the mission and looked at all the conversations it had, you could pretty much... St- predict exactly what the rest of the episode will look like and what the outcome will be like. Of course. Because we get... This is where Mariah says that Johnny is her number one guy and Fessy says that Mariah is still his ride or die. Devin gives his team a pep talk. Fessy says that his team, their morale is at an all-time high. And this is where Devin starts to call everyone dogs. We get to the mission. It's a helicopter mission. Let's talk about let's just talk about the mission as a whole right now let's let's talk about what we think of it uh this is we can summarize it by just saying that fessy's team goes first everyone drops in place they get the max amount of points mariah's team goes they get the max amount of points and it pretty much just comes down to the fact that mariah's team was able to swim back faster did we enjoy this mission did we hate this mission what did we like about it what didn't we like about it I mean, at least it wasn't overly long, but I certainly was not, like, edge of my seat with this one. I think this showed Fessy's strategies suck, like, completely. Because I don't understand 
why you would have your worst swimmers on both teams, by the way, drop first, unless you just don't think they can hang on long enough. Because they did. I would think that you want your worst swimmers to swim the least amount of length, and you would want to put your best swimmers at the back so that they can make up ground. I did not understand any of this strategy at all. Fessy said that they had Nelson and Chauncey go last because they were the worst swimmers, or someone said that on his team. That's why they went last. Yeah, but they, so they put did what you're Tori saying. and Casey first, which made no sense to me. Like, I, if, if if Fessy thinks he's the best swimmer, why is he in bananas in the middle group? So do you? I thought that was fine. So did you? So do you hate what the other team did and having their best swimmers go last too? Then because by what you're saying, I you did. Would have to think that. They won by luck. Like if they had just flipped it, they would have won by like a minute and a half. Well, so so also, I think the bigger thing with this mission is so bananas just had the producers like screwed this up and they intentionally had Mariah's team win. Well, that's what he says, and I actually believe him because you never get a clear shot. And the one shot you see, it looks like Jordan landed on the square, not inside the square. And so I'm not even sure that Jordan actually landed inside the target. And if he didn't land inside the target, then technically they didn't win. Well, I think that there were some instances when Fessy's team went where it looked like people landed on the target and not inside too. So I didn't really know what the rule was there. What was the reason that Johnny gave uh, about why they screwed it up or how they screwed it he up? Said, he, he said Jordan missed the target. That's what he said. He said when Jordan dropped, Jordan did not land in the correct area and he should not have found it. It's interesting. Definitely plausible. Definitely very And that's why he claimed then that when he saw the camera angles, you never got a clean shot of Jordan landing because they didn't want it to be seen that way. That, that's part of referencing an earlier point. As he, Johnny is one of the people who I think would not care so much if about, about towing the line for production. I, I don't. I don't think he minds overstepping at various points. But also at the same time, I think he just has a lot of equity with them, and a lot yeah. of what he does is to support production. We know that Johnny is uh, John Murray's favorite character on the show, favorite person to ever be on the show. And everyone is aware of how much value he adds that I think he just has a lot more. He just brings a lot more to the table than a lot of these other people do. Do you, do you think he'll be up to something at some point this season? Define up to something. I just feel like we haven't seen him do a lot. They haven't like shown it. He's Mariah. done a lot that's of stirring been, the pot it. stuff. They're just not showing it. I guess, yeah. Like, he's talked about it on yeah, his I mean, podcast, like, how they missed this argument, or they missed this fight, or they didn't air this, they didn't air that. He's like, what's the point of me coming on the show? I mean, he didn't say this, but the vibe I got was, what's the point of having me on the show if you're not going to show the shenanigans you bring me on for? Yeah, I don't... I'm almost... To the... I'm almost part of me thinks now that I don't know if we can really judge any of the people that are on the show and what they really bring to the table as characters just because of the way that they edit the show now and how little they show us. Yeah. I like. I feel like I I wanted to, I'd want to just have them give me the tapes almost or, or more than anything these past couple of seasons and say hey let me just see what the actual content you guys have here is and how much you're leaving out. Yeah, I mean, it's gotten to the point where it's just really vanilla, vanilla, very basic storyline. It's really geared towards trying to make eight-year-olds understand what's going on. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah. Challenge for dummies. I, I think uh, the problem is, is, and I think I've said this on a previous podcast, you've got to quit giving a shit what the people on social media think. Like, seriously. I really, it's a loud voice I really don't think that's what it, it is. is. It totally is, because these people... If something, if they do something that offends somebody, there's going to be 400 people on Twitter retweeting and screaming about it, and they're worried that they won't be able to recast people if they show them in these worst moments because of the culture like, we have well, on social media now. But like a lot of the content they had before was not stuff people would have been angry about on social media that they were airing that they're not airing now, we're, or that the way the style that they're airing it is. We not are in a very different social climate than we were even three years ago. But the but, like, a lot of the, thing I, the issues I think is, like, how much time they spend people walking in between scenes. Or, like, we don't get just them being more creative with how the show is being aired. 
Like we don't get like Bear talking about how long is the best policy and uh, explaining how he's just going to completely lie about what he's doing. Like we don't get stuff like that. Like I just think, I think that it's a. I think that they're trying to, they're trying to market towards the widest audience, but not from like a PC perspective. I think they're trying to make a very vanilla Hallmark product that's easy for people to digest. Yeah, which is a mistake. Exactly what they're doing. It's a mistake, though. We all. Yeah, I think I I think has nothing to do with any. I think focusing on the social media part. The the only time that that style of editing works in reality TV, in my opinion, is on The Amazing Race because everything is about getting from place to place and performing, and then getting to the next place. Like even Survivor, I have really not liked. I mean, I've liked some of the characters of the last couple years. But as I've gone on, I really don't like what they have done in some ways to Survivor. They've really made it more about each person's existential crisis of the week. And then instead of seeing more of the political backstabbing gameplay, you just get like a, well, that elimination, that vote off came out of nowhere. And then you don't really hear the the story behind it. I will say I do think it very much works for a couple of different shows. I think that for like a Bachelor Bachelorette show, like any sort of like love focus like that, I think that type of editing has been shown to be pretty successful from what I have seen of those shows. For like a Love Island style show where it's all just – it's just attractive people being gratuitous. Like that's what the show is. Mm-hmm. Uh, it works very well for that type of program. There's a, there's a lot of shows that I think thrive off of that type of style of editing. And there's probably a lot of audiences even this show that – if you, I don't even know if you ask people if they said if they would prefer that type of editing, but if you actually put a few parts in front of them, they would go for the vanilla or something with a bit more. And see, my my point of all that is you can have both. You have 90 minutes of content to fill. 90 minutes. And even Challenge USA was edited better than this until the final. You know what I mean? Like, they still showed conflict. They didn't show all of it. They didn't show Ben freaking out. They didn't show a few other things that occurred. But there was still enough conflict that they showed on screen that it at least made it interesting this they should just, I, I think a lot of people so, don't want to think they, they should they should just edit two versions of the show they should have the one that they air on mtv yeah. and then just release another one on paramount plus you want to drive i don't paramount think they want to use resources to do that yeah if you want to drive subscriptions to paramount plus you absolutely do that i don't I mean, think they how, want to how, use how resources not, to do that if i was something prefer i don't even i don't even know how many more resources is that that's just editing time right mm-hmm. like it, you don't really mm-hmm. have to do anything yeah, else. maybe so and, and that, that, I mean, like that, that honestly, that would honestly solve almost pretty much everything, or a, a lot of the issues that we have this, with the show. That would be able to accomplish uh, quite a few of them. And from their perspective, yeah, it would uh, just be more, be more money. They would, they would. Mm-hmm. I would I'm sure they would probably uh, be net positive on that when you take into consideration the amount of people that went to Paramount Plus and signed up and watched it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've thought about that too. That'd be a really interesting idea to try out. Certainly, it'd be pretty. It'd be, I feel like it'd be really similar to. We've seen a couple of sports teams do or uh, channels airing sports do this, where they'll have yeah, where they'll have one like Eli have one version and a different version commentary. Yeah, they'll have a Manning cast, or they might they might have like a betting focused version of yeah. the of the game. And then, like for the national championship game. game, it's brilliant. You have the actual broadcast, you have a secondary broadcast, and then you have the roundtable broadcast where they bring in people like. Urban Meyer to talk through the game. So. Can we get Trace at cameo of Urban Meyer? Is he Fuck no. I looked that up. I don't think he's on cameo. Fuck no. That's a... It'd be a great. I would give you this. We... It would be a brilliant prank, but you would be wasting your money because you would have to like what if... wait to like film me reacting to that bullshit. If we if we book like because you can book business cameos, not just but you can book a business cameo where the person like letting you use this for like the podcast. So they're usually pretty expensive. If we booked a business cameo of Urban Meyer introducing the show, would you allow us to put it on, Trace? I mean, I would probably have to because if y'all went that, if you spent that much money on it, it would be it'd be, it'd be, it'd be probably like twenty three hundred. Oh yeah, like, if we were going to spend that kind of money, we'd be better off having Wes do it. I mean, come on. Of course, we'd have. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know. a very inside baseball thing. What do you think? Let's take guesses. I already looked it up. Guess Urban Meyer's net worth. Oh, it's got to be like forty million. I think it's higher. I think it's like seventy-five at least. I think it could even be over a hundred. This is thirty-five. I would have been with you, Rob. Really? I think, yeah, I think that's really low. I don't uh, think it's that low because think about it this way: when he like left Florida, he didn't get his full contract. He actually owed them money because he resigned rather than. He got fired without cause where they have to pay him everything. 
if you leave your college job and you get fired, but you get like, you know, all of your contract, if you get another head coaching job, you actually owe the previous school a balance if you take another head coaching job. In some cases, now the contracts what, are more structured. What money are they the paying? Coaches. What money are they paying him ahead of time? Like, what what money is he paying back, or anyone paying back? Like bonuses and stuff that he gets. Like that, that's the thing. Like, if that there's a lot of chicanery when it comes to those. Co- it's not as bad as it used to be because now most of them are guaranteed deals. Like, unless you get fired for cause nowadays, you get your full money. Whereas we that probably wasn't keep this even the case six years ago. But anyway, that's a big side trail. But yeah, we should probably keep it. We're at 26 minutes for the fastest. The fastest five, five uh, is so. now. 27. No, I mean the fast five at this point is the whole fucking episode. I it mean, really. Like, we can just we just we just take our rabbit trails as we go. Okay, well let's, we let's, come let's, back let's to the list. We get back to the house after the mission. Nelson, Nelson tells Fessy he's mad at he himself. He says he feels like he needs to step up and be a captain after all his time on the show. Nelson names all the people on the other team that he sent in. And this is kind of where we see what we've talked about before, where earlier in the season, it really didn't make sense to win the missions and make enemies and have to throw all those people in. And we see that come back to bite Nelson, where a number of people said, Nelson, you sent me in. And he he says... You just had to send a lot of people in. Say it again? Twice, right? You just had to send so many people in. Like he just yeah. had, like every time you were winning, you're burning four bridges. Yeah. Nelson says, "Well, it was more than that. It was eight bridges, right? Because it was." Well, I was saying some four, of them four, repeated the yeah, next time, four but, pairs. but at the very least, you pissed off yeah. four pairs every time you won. Nelson says that he doesn't want him and Fessy to go in against each other again. And in the next scene, Johnny tells Casey and Chauncey that the other team's going to take a big swing. Chauncey says that he thinks Johnny is the only one that would save him in the dagger draw. And Mariah says that Nelson and Fessy would save each other. We get to the deliberation where Mariah's team goes in. So we saw TJ call Mariah's team the underdogs. Did Fessy's team give themselves a name? Did Fessy's team have a name, man? I don't... I don't. Yeah, I was going to ask that. When the the kids showed up after they won the mission and said team underdog at the five, I was like, did I miss something where they called themselves that? They did. They started calling themselves the underdogs during Devin's pep talk. No, the other team. Fessy's team's name. Yeah. Yeah, does Fessy's team have a name? No. They just started calling Devin's so they're team. Just, the they're, they're team blue again, which, again, like, it's going to bother me so much the whole season. Who knows? I don't get how they're that lazy. They're team blue, they're that's team so, pink, they're team who gives a fuck. That's just, that's just so weird. Like, why? <laughs> it's like negligence. <laughs> it's just like, I just want to wanna, wanna ask them why. Like, they feel like. Like, remember Jerry Jones at one time said that, like, the, he had the Cowboys wear white when they were at home, so that, like, fans used to get a different color every week, like, it's some flavor. Is that, like, the show starts for Noah Park at this point? We have to switch around the team colors, because that's the only thing that's changing week by week? Well, see, it would be one thing, and we've talked about this before. They do have challenge merch now, but if they actually made a conscious effort to create identities with these colors then you could actually sell more of said merch. But they're not, they're not even changing jerseys, that. though. I know, and that's they're why it's so they stupid. Don't even have, they're team blue because they have a blue font on their helmet. Like, it's just... And oh, one week it was Robbie, team yellow, and one week it was team pink. Like, it makes no fucking sense. Rob, if you could have a jersey from any season of the challenge, which one would you want? Oh, that's a good one. Um, which jerseys were the best? The free agents and the free agents jerseys, which they also did again both on the pretty invasion good. one for the champs, were incredible. The rugby style shirts, those good. were awesome. I More of those one jerseys, I also think were good. I think Greg has a few. Uh, he if does. I remember correctly. Really? He has. Yeah, a I don't few remember which ones they are. But yeah. Um, I would say. I think you know what I would say. I would definitely want a gauntlet three yeah. uh, veterans. I think that those are pretty slick. Yeah. Okay. I think the coolest merch I've heard Greg has is he has the sign from Ayana getting eliminated on Battle of the Sexes 2, I think. That's pretty sick. Greg will <laughs> probably really smite sick. me on Discord later, but I if, if, if that's that's not accurate. But I think I know he had like an elimination board, and I swear it was Ayana. Interesting. We get to deliberation. Jordan says that. Devin's mind is spinning with all the possibilities of what they could do here. Devin says that it's in everyone's best interest to keep Chauncey on the other team. Rob, do you believe... I was curious about his reasoning for this. 
So, what what do you think his reasoning was? Is he really just trying to like build build a relationship with Amber? Like that seems. Is he just think Chauncey's bad? It's because he's not good. I yeah. think that's why they want him. On you the think it's just because Chauncey's bad? Yes. Okay. What other What other reason would Devin have? For that, and I don't get why they just didn't I mean, go ahead and state uh, that. That doesn't I, make sense. Wanted to, to wanted to help. Wanted to help, feels like he needs to keep a relationship with Amber for some reason. Like that's he, maybe he feels like the third team that's kind of isolated. So if he can like have them like him more than these I other guys, I think that, that is the. I, I think it's really more about who's going to save who in the draw. That's really what this comes down to, and I I really think that Devin realizes Amber and Chauncey have no one watching their back. So if you make a deal or you're friendly towards them then if you wind up in the draw or in a weird situation, you might be the only team they would save because everybody else just dismisses them. Because it is interesting because out, out of the four people in the dr- – oh, go ahead, Devin, sorry. I don't think that's enough of a reason to go out and literally show a piece of paper to your team that says Operation Save Chauncey. I think, I think that's, I, I, that's just him trying to make TV. Yeah, that's just that's him trying to – Well, there. and to like – I'm even saying just like make a public display of that's what they need to do. I think that the only reason... Maybe they had talked about it previously. I think they'll... Yeah, and I think the reason he would talk about it previously and talk about it there is because Chauncey isn't good and they want Chauncey on the team to be able to help their team continue to win. I think well, that's what makes sense. In order for Devin to win, he needs Fessy or Bananas or both to go home. You know, like, he really needs to Man? make his odds better to go up. You get rid of Fessy or hopefully Bananas right by that. I mean, look, if they run it in Paris, I think he and Tori beat bananas and onion well i agree with you i think that they're still going to wind up winning the season like i don't dispute that but when you're in the house and in the game you're trying to give yourself the best advantage possible and so i think that he's just trying to make sure that one of the heavy hitters goes home that's it you think it's that much of a given that tori and devin would beat fessy and mariah in a final yeah i'm I'm pretty confident they would i don't we just don't know what we have in mariah as a runner like we just don't she seems fine maybe I mean, maybe it's, maybe part of it's me just getting entranced by the edit but like i feel like i just have a hard time seeing them win in that scenario i think we've seen Fessy have a couple issues in previous finals mariah's very unproven in terms of what she can do in finals and from an endurance perspective they did they did win that mission earlier that was pretty close to a final which let's go so i shouldn't be overly dismissive since we let's just go ahead and go into this now i heard on a podcast that mariah and fessy barely knew each other before this season. Yeah, I was going to bring this up too. And the only reason Fessy brought her is he felt like she would be good for helping him win in a final type situation for running kind of thing. And so like a lot of the reason... Nelson said... A lot of the reason that he's treating her the way he does is he literally has no emotional attachment to her whatsoever. And I think Nelson said... uh, Go ahead and finish that. Go ahead and finish that and then I'll chime back. Yeah, so Nelson just said, yeah, she can squat 200 pounds. That's why Fessy brought her. Yeah. And I think that what's going to happen is, is Fessy is just dumb when it comes to this game. Like he really is dumb. Like I don't care what anyone says. His strategies make almost zero sense to me. Most of the time, I have a feeling that Mariah is going to go in next week and go home. And then when the purge comes around, she's going to lose and Fessy's going to get sent packing. That's my prediction. So what do you think? What, what has Fessy done recently that you think to yourself, that is a dumb move? I think for this season, his dumb move is really just treating Mariah not well. Like, you know, there's a reason that people like Bananas, okay, they're putting us in teams. Season's called Ride or Dies. We're probably going to get back together at some point. You don't call the season Ride or Dies and there's not some twist with it. And so Fessy is acting like he and Mariah are not going to have to work together at all through the the rest of the season. And he is making decisions that he he's not commu- – like he was telling her they need to throw it so to keep him safe, which is the correct move, but he's not explaining it to her in a way where she realizes, oh – yeah, that is the correct move. Instead, she's like, no, we're going to win. And Fessy's like, instead of, and then he just rolls his eyes and moves on instead of actually trying to engage her about playing this game the correct way. So what you're saying is that it should be everyone, it should be obvious to everyone that they're going to get back together if yes. Ryder dies. When have they ever done a format switch like this on the main show and not gone back? Like Spies, Lies, and Allies. 
They started as partners, pairs. They went to three teams, and then they went back to partners for the final. Okay, double. I, I don't think it's. I mean, I don't think it's unreasonable for them to think that they could not be in teams but have a different format that emerges. I don't think it's unreasonable to think that it would be individuals. I don't think it's unreasonable to think that they break off and they break off teams, and then there's some draft where they pick partners. There's some like just like, hey, you know, you say who the mo- the person you feel the closest to in the house is, and they pick partners that way. I-, I don't think any of those options are at all unreasonable. If you have been on this show, and you have even watched more than two seasons of this show. You would have to be Mr. Fucking Magoo to not know that this team's format ain't sticking around the whole season. No, I don't think I don't think anyone thinks this team's format is sticking around the whole season. Like I would be shocked if one person thought that they were going teams all the way to the bitter end. Mm-hmm. And it shows to me, like, think about the conversation beginning of the episode with bananas and Nani. All right. I said it was a sweet moment. Maybe it was genuine, maybe it's fluff, whatever. Johnny's smart enough to know in the back of his mind, hey. This team format ain't going to last forever, and I don't know what the next format is going to be, but it's probably in my best interest to make sure Nani's still here and that she and I are still in a good place. Whereas Fessy, he's just setting the bridge on fire. All right, Kevin says out operation. Sorry, that's my point. He just doesn't – he just does not think long term. I I don't think he's really done anything overly bad this season. I think he's played a fine game this season. I – I, I think his biggest weakness is it just seems like a lot of people don't like him. Like, which yeah. I don't know if it's really him being dumb, but I think he just, yeah, he may lack the capability to really build up social relationships for whatever reason that he didn't already have coming into the show. I think that's by far his biggest thing because I don't, I don't see him do anything really tactically that look be like, okay, that's moronic. Like, he's not somebody who I'm like, oh, he has no clue what he's doing from a strategic perspective. I, I think, I think he certainly should do a better job of keeping Mariah both in his good graces, and he should have done. I mean, he gave himself a good team, but I think you should have realized that that wasn't that, that like going to be that important. Like, I think that's just a lack of experience on the show, probably. But I certainly don't look at him and be like, okay, he's an idiot, especially compared to a lot of people that cast on the show. Yeah, I would agree exactly exactly with what you said. So we get to the deliberation. We're still in the deliberation. Amber says that Johnny would probably save Chauncey the most. Nani says that she's okay with sending Nelson in uh, out of all of the guys that are available. And Mariah says that she won't say Fessy's name, more foreshadowing for what is to come. We get all the people coming in for interrogation. Chauncey comes in. Nani asks who he would save. Chauncey doesn't want to give a name. They say that they're not trying to trick him. Johnny comes in. Horatio asks who, why he shouldn't be the direct vote. Johnny says that Fessy has outperformed him at pretty much every point this season, which I think is a good argument to put out there. Nelson comes in. He says that he doesn't want to go into want to go into the zone but when asked who when Devin asked him who he would save between Johnny or Chauncey uh I don't think he really gives a direct response every everyone always kind of like talks around who they would save if they were in the draw for the most part and Fessy comes in and he had his shirt blurred out for some reason uh, I'd be curious to know what was on his shirt. <laughs> Braun sponsored advert. Braun sponsored T-shirt. By mistake. Devin. I think he was advertising a celebrity basketball game coming up later this year. <laughs> Should we go? Where is it? I, I don't, I'm somewhere not somewhere in Miami. Sh- I I'm think. not spending the money to go to that shit. Would you? How much do you think tickets cost? If I put over under at fifteen dollars, would you think they have a, they have they have VIP seating for a three hundred seat venue? Which I'm I'm curious as to like where you're sitting for it to be a VIP seat. Are you like in the? Are you like it's on the bottom of the scoreboard. Like where where are you sitting? That's such great seats behind the backboard. No, you get to go on the court. Like uh, you know how in those like and one uh, mixtape videos oh, where sure. there's the guy like on the microphone, like in the in the action. Yeah, you get to be. Make... Okay, are you going to be like the entourage for one of the you, teams? You get to play horse. You get to play horse with Fessy, or you get to hold his jacket when he takes off his warm up suit. Like he he also claims that they're having some of the best dunkers in the world there. So oh, I don't I'm just, sure like, he's claiming type guys. That. Ugh. But I guess it's probably just like you. There are some like YouTuber types who will, you know, do these like wrist, just like crazy dunk that they can't dribble. Um, so, so maybe that's what it is. But I'm very curious about that too. Fessy comes in. Devin asks him who he would save between Chauncey and Bananas. Fessy does not give a name. 
Mariah's team talks about who they would say, who they should save. Mariah doesn't like Devin's plan because it puts the other guys in jeopardy. And she says that it really seems like it's going to come down between Fessy and Nelson. Devin in the next scene, we get a conversation between Devin and Jordan, where they talk about what is the right choice here? Who, who they, who should they put in directly? And Jordan and I think Rob, you initially talked about this a while ago, and I definitely agree with you that you just have to put someone in elimination enough and they're going to lose. It's just a matter of time. And this is what Jordan brings up is kind of credence to why Fessy would potentially be a good idea to throw him in. Devin asks, what would, who, who would be the best person to throw in to give the girls the best chance to be able to stay in the game, which I also think is a good idea, right? They're thinking long-term about what's going to be able to help them win down the road. And we get, a spliced in confessional here from Tori where she says that it's pretty clear that Fessy might be the direct vote. We get a scene where everyone's at the pool. We get a scene where Chauncey and Amber are talking with each other in bed. And Amber says that Chauncey will most likely be in the draw. And then we get a conversation, which we find out is a couple hours before elimination where Fessy and Jordan are talking with each other. And Jordan says that he's probably not going to, he's not going to vote for Fessy, but don't make a guarantee of that. And Fessy says that he wants to believe Jordan because he has really no reason to lie to him at this point in time. And then it's really these two confessionals right before elimination, which kind of make the episode. The one that we just talked about. And then this conversation between Tori and Jordan, where Tori says that he, she has heard that Jordan can be the swing vote and that she stuck her neck out for Jordan and that he essentially needs to pay it forward with voting the way that she wants at this point in time and not putting in Fessy. Jordan says that Tori is using their relationship as a pawn to incentivize him to vote the way that she wants. And Jordan tells Tori that he's pretty much considering everything and he knows how difficult of a decision this is. We get to elimination. Just really quickly. So on this scene, so he says that she's using her personal relationship in this. I don't, I don't see that as much. I mean, obviously, look, anything they do between the two of them is going to have their personal relationships apart just because it is. Um, but pretty clearly, it seemed more like a political thing to me long term of like two, two episodes back, he, she worked to keep Jordan's name out. And then part of, part, do, in part with that was that he would keep Fessy's name out later. He didn't really seem to agree to that ever, but it does seem to be what happened. I really do think that... So are you saying that you don't see... You're, you're saying that you don't see how she's trying to use emotionally their relationship as kind of a stick because I, I, I definitely do i would say that's gonna, i do <laughs> I, I would say that's going to charge every single act every single action that they do but i do think he's not necessarily addressing what she's saying yeah he never discussed think, it right he yeah. never brings it up and i think you said that he didn't even bring it up uh, he, he didn't even necessarily agree to it because i think initially now that i think about it more he even said that he's going to do what's best for his team Mm-hmm. earlier on remember he said that via confessional and then when he was talking with her he was like i'm what we were showing was that he was like i'm not going to agree to that necessarily but it does that does she did seem to do that a couple episodes back and i don't really know how you want to handle that like i think at that point if he didn't agree to do it and she went ahead and did it then he's not wrong for not following through but it, it does i i do think that he's not addressing what she's saying by saying she's using her personal because i think there was more going on with that probably and at the same time like this this is one of my biggest issues with Tori is she seems to play the game often from a standpoint of I need my friends to do what's best for me, not necessarily what's best for them. And of course, that's like the smart way to play it politically, but she's just not good at that part of it. Like she really like there's no argument that can be made to Jordan that Fessy shouldn't be down there. Like, there's not. Like, what argument can she present to him to save him? Like, is there one? Because I can't... I mean, it, it is just reason. so... Well, I, I think that uh, the argument would be two episodes back, you were going to be voted in. We decided to put Horatio in instead with the idea that we would both keep each other's stronger players around looking on in the future. I think she and Fessy probably have some sort of side agreement as well to go along with that. That would be, that would be I think, her argument. Let's talk about this now. Let, let's talk about the decision for Mariah's team to vote in Fessy. I think this is absolutely the right move, yes. especially for the men, because they, they don't, they don't know. They don't know how much they're going to win again. And they don't know if 
the times that they do win are going to happen to be on a guy's day. I think they have to take this shot now. I think the only argument that you can make for why it may not necessarily be a great idea is that once you get to elimination and you see what the mission is, you can kind of tell that this is going to be a, uh, an elimination where the big guy beats the little guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's the only, yeah, only that, argument that... that you can make. But I think seemingly on the surface, when you isolate, isolate that away, you have to take your shot. Yeah. And Jordan my, my, said my, it. my only contention would be, I think I'd rather have been, I don't rather have bananas that almost as much as Fessy. And I think you'd have a much better chance of losing this elimination than Fessy did. Yeah, definitely. Probably. I agree. And I think that Jordan made the right, correct point too earlier when he and Devin were talking. He's like, you have to keep throwing them in and eventually they go home. And they also, he made the point of like, Fessy's only been in four eliminations. And he's like, I want to see Fessy do something that's not a hall brawl or a pole wrestle. And that's essentially what he got, right? It was another strength-based elimination. I think Fessy beats every single guy probably in the house in this. Oh yeah, I think Johnny loses to every single one on their team. Uh, in this, except for maybe Chauncey, I just don't know what we have with Chauncey. Yeah, I think that coordination has played a decent amount of part in this, and like technique. I don't know if Chauncey would have that, but I look, he certainly could lose to Chauncey in this. I don't know. I don't think coordination is coming much into play here. Like, regardless once you kind of like figure out, you just in... like do it at an angle. Yeah, regardless of what happened, Fessy was going to win this because of his size and strength. Like, there's just no way to beat that. It didn't look like it was close i mean how many how many spears did you beat him by like two or three like four no it was, it was, i think it was even it was more four. than that. four I think he, he, yeah like i mean something like that. this wasn't even like remotely a contest i mean i'm almost kind of even surprised that they showed us that it was that big of a gap and that they didn't just you know put different numbers on the screen I, at one point they showed fessy had seven and nothing had four so we get to the voting jordan goes first i thought it was interesting that they had jordan vote first he says that and i guess i, I now that i think about it more i, I do understand why they what, did what is he wearing to this elimination by the way he has like a cowboy hat on what do you mean well he was okay, wearing was like the weird shawl scene. before that it was very strange yeah. <laughs> so that jordan's was fashion that was choices just thing. boggle my mind on a weekly basis man he just he's a I, beautiful I man and he does be... everything he can to make himself look stupid at times he, he's just going 100%, man. Whatever the look he's in, he, he's into it 100%. It's like that weird Jordan bowl says that he cut was planning he had on... with the overalls. <laughs> Jordan says that he was planning on playing this straight up up until an hour ago. He said that until someone tried to use their personal relationship as a hostage, and he says that he does not negotiate with terrorists, and that his vote will be for Fessy. I thought that was a great moment. I think that's probably, for me, one of the mo- the moments of the season to this point in time. I mean, I, it, 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 look, it's very entertaining. I also think it's relatively self-destructive. Yeah, but that's, Jordan. that's Jordan's game, though. We talked about this before. <laughs> yeah, he just can't help himself. That's a, uh, he really can't. Like, I mean, because, like, he, he, like, it feels like there are other teams to be winning a lot of missions. I don't know if you want to, like, piss off, piss them off that much. Jordan literally says the reason he did this is because Tori didn't want him to do it. Yeah. He says that in the yeah, confessional. <laughs> because yeah, you look back and like... I think there's a way that he can potentially do that and try and patch the bridge with Tori and not make it so that she's screaming at him across the stand where the contestants stand at elimination. Of course. <sighs> yeah, yeah. Uh... Why do I get a feeling? I, I can get see back where she house. was. She had like a bunch of mental health. Yeah, I can see where she had a bunch of mental health uh, rehabilitation to do after this season. Yeah, I can understand her needing to take a break because, <laughs> good lord, like I, I feel like the first couple scenes of next episode has to be them fighting. Like, there's no way around that, right? I don't know. They might not show I it. I mean, but you know it happened. Well, the other thing though is it's weird. It's like you. Now, like, on her Instagram, they're together, like, all the time. Like, right now? Like, not right, right now, but, like, when she's posting pics, like, he's involved. It's, like, a group of six, and he's always there. I think of, like, a movie together. Yeah, when they were, like, in London, they were posting pictures of them going to, like, the phone booth and doing that kind of touristy crap together and stuff. But, anyway. Amber votes for, Amber votes for Nelson. Devin votes for Fessy. Nani votes for Nelson. Horacio votes for Fessy. It comes down to Mariah. She can 
forced a tie between Nelson and Fessy. She decides that she's going to vote for Chauncey, which I don't know. Let's talk about this. Is it if she votes for Chauncey and they're of the belief that they're not going to get back together as Ryder dies? I don't I don't think that's a bad move at all. I mean, I think that's probably what she should do. Well, like, like what, what, what's her operating belief then at that point? That it could go. Just the don't all right. Anymore. So on, honestly, this I think is that why I say Bessie is not playing this well. I think I think that there's realistically three different options, right? I think that they could okay. go to individuals. I think that they could go into some other types of pairs, or they could go back into Rider Dies, and that their Rider Die is waiting for them. I think in their minds, that is the least likely opportunity. And I think that's what it should be, is the least likely opportunity. I think the other two are more likely, but I think the last option is an option. I don't know. I, I think you forced the tie. I, I definitely think you do. I think you just Why? make too many waves. Right. I think you just make too many waves. I think you burn the bridge with Fessy, who... Like, I know that they've had some discord between the two of them, but I certainly still think that he, outside of Johnny, would have her back just about as much as anybody else. It doesn't seem like she made a ton of other relationships in the house outside of Johnny. Um, and, like, I, I don't see... What, what is she... Like, so she's just trying to make their team worse, I guess, in the future? And, like, yeah. Fessy did say if... Well, Fessy did also say... Like, he said, hey, are you going to throw the mission for me? And he implied in the future that if she wanted him to throw the mission for her, he would be receptive to that. I think she should have just done that. I think she just wants to make her team stronger so it's more likely that they win. Especially with especially when you consider the fact that the next mission is going to be a a female mission day. round for elimination. Yeah. I, I, again, I think, again, this is going back towards the beginning of the episode. I think she would have been better saying, I'll just do what I can to throw the, throw mission, the mission and then do that. Yeah, do that and then have Fessy there again the next week. I think she would have been much better off. I think that's a more optimal choice for sure. I, I definitely think that that would be better. Um, and then uh, I don't. And then now outside of Johnny, who I think I think Johnny's priority is still keeping Nani around over Mariah, and those might come into like contention at some point. Um, I, I I just think that nuking Fessy like this is not a good idea. It's a terrible political decision for multiple reasons, but the big one really does come down to like. <sighs> Like, let's throw out the, the fact that we're pretty sure this is going back. We know as viewers this is going to go back to ride or dies. We know as viewers that's what's coming. They don't know that. But by saying Nelson's name and tying it up, she literally loses nothing. Nuri's is gone. So who's going to be mad if she votes for Nelson? Nobody. Nobody. Like, yeah, clearly, yeah, something like, clearly it was a divided issue amongst her team. Like, if their team was in unanimous on one decision, it wouldn't have mattered. But her team was divided. And Devin Honestly, kind of, I, I don't think, fucking floated. Get that. You, your team... Sorry, I, I, Devin I didn't get that. Like, your team, can't get, your team can't get on the fucking same page with who to vote here? Like, I feel like this should be, like, a unanimous thing. I thought that was thing. also weird. Unless beforehand, that like, they I, literally, unless beforehand, they literally went over exactly who was going to vote for who, and they just knew that this was going to be before they voted. Yeah. Probably. That just yeah, that that would be a weird. I mean, I can see it in scenarios where there's like, like if like Devin doesn't want to vote else because he and Nelson are friends, so he'll throw a stray vote onto Fessy or Chauncey, and then everybody else votes. Mm-hmm. That would make sense to me. But if that's yeah. not happening, like I, I don't get it. I was so waiting for Amber V to vote for Fessy. <laughs> All right. Yeah. We get to the dagger draw. Johnny doesn't pick the safe dagger. Chauncey picks the safe dagger. He chooses to save Johnny. Nelson, or excuse me, Chauncey says that Nelson has been lying to him the whole time. Uh, and that's one of the reasons why he didn't pick Nelson, which I thought was interesting. And then we get the elimination spearhead. We've kind of talked about it to this point. Wasn't really close. Fessy blows out Nelson. Nelson goes home. Fessy, uh, well, I guess Nelson handles losing well. He says he apologizes to his fans. We get the moment where Nelson leaves and says goodbye to Olivia and Nelson says that he hopes that they can pursue things after the game. And Nelson finds Norris waiting uh, for him. Or I, I guess TJ tells Nelson and Norris that, or Nelson that he would have had a chance to go in or get back into the game if he wouldn't have lost and that Norris was waiting for him. And now that they're both eliminated, they're officially eliminated from the game. End of the episode. Closing thoughts before we get out of here. Yeah, the only thing that could have made the uh, Nelson exit better is if Meg Ryan and Nick Cage walked out 
because they were playing the song from City of Angels, the Goo Goo Dolls song. That was, I mean, they're trying really hard for people to love Nelson to get his eventual win so that it's like a payoff down the line. I just think that's not the person I would necessarily put my money on that may win. He's just one of the people to have around, something like rally around. Rob, if, around you every to, year. If, if you had to bet yes or no on Nelson winning throughout his entire time on the show, on the main show, would you bet? I, I, I don't know. I guess we could even include All-Stars because I would almost say that he might have a worse chance of winning All-Stars than he does the main show. Would you bet yes or no for his chances to win? I mean, I feel like this was kind of his shot, right? Like, he yeah, had a really this good was partner it. who balanced out all this weekend. This was this was his time, man. If it was this or Invasion. Invasion was just such a weird been. season. That's the thing. If they'd stayed pairs, it might have been. So I don't, and like, look, these again, these finals suck. Like, there could be another situation where he's paired with like Ashley when she's off hiatus, and then they could win. I guess. Like, those are the things that could happen. But I definitely, I, I, I would lean no. Unfortunately, I, I just don't think that's going to happen for him. Yeah, I just don't see it at this point. It, when when we talk about Nelson's chances to win before this season and about his future on the show and what it would take for him to win, everything that we said it would take for him to win, having a good partner, having a partner that's good at puzzles, having a partner that uh, is kind of there for him as a support system, this was all of that, and it still didn't happen. Um, no. He's just really – he just has a, a lot of clearing flaws, and I think that's what's going to make it we, difficult for him to win. Do we think Norris is back? I hope she is, but I yes, don't know. she better be. They just don't recast anybody anymore. They have their vacation crew. That's been the case since Total Madness, and then we get, like, a rookie added every year. Uh, I don't know. I think she'll – if I had to bet yes or no on that, I think she's probably back on. How often is she okay. on? Who knows? I just, I don't know. I, I mean, I guess they, they, they tried to recast Emmy and Emmanuel this season. It just it didn't work out because of some Emmy's off-screen behavior. But it just seems like they have not shown a lot of interest in bringing these people back on and time and time again. And, that, and she's a little bit different because she and Johnny Middlebrook and Annalise were all very much in casting for a long time before this. It was not, it was not the first time she was around. So perhaps that speaks to where she might be a little bit more in the mix, especially after she's pro- mm-hmm. like proven herself to be a character to some degree on this season. But I, do, I don't think it's a guarantee she's back. Yeah. Um, I have a prediction that has nothing to do with this season, but just based on some news that I read and then poked around a little bit on, um, Challenge USA Season 2, I'm calling it right now. The return of Polly is Challenge USA Season 2. We'll see. That's a bold prediction, considering the season hasn't even started yet. And like this well, guy's they've like got a availability they, calls have... going out. They've got availability calls going out. Yeah, he, and gets, they, he gets calls, though. He doesn't yeah, get he's that. gotten calls. I mean, I, I think it's a matter of time. I don't think Kara's coming back, but I think he will. And I had heard that CBS people that have been on the main show are eligible for Challenge USA season two. So I, and it's probably because some people like Tyson definitely aren't coming back after the way they felt their time on that show was. So I think that to make the Challenge USA season two cast have some veteran presence, there is a high likelihood that you will see a Polly, a Josh, something like that. And I, I really, truly believe they're going to cast Polly for season two of Challenge USA. Better chance of being casted, Polly or Josh? Josh, for sure, but I think Polly's going to make it. I don't know if they're both on the same season. They have to, How much would... If, if you could have anyone for, from Survivor come on, Rob, who would you want to come on? Not Tyson again? You can have anyone. Yeah, would he be it? Would he be the number one person you would want to have on? Uh, yeah, I feel like with him, there's a proven idea that it works, which I appreciate. Um, like t- Tony Vlacos, of course, would be very fun to just to have on TV again. I don't know what he'd really be doing, though. Like, I don't think he'd be like blowing through missions like Tyson was. I, I want Coach. I think those are the two. I think it's Tony and I think it's Coach. I think those are the two. Can you imagine oh, really? Coach trying to lead like meditation sessions be better. for the whole house, like Tony, crazy things? I think Coach is more of an athlete, though. Like I think Coach is like old. Like Tony isn't like that old. We we've, we've been over this before. 
How how old is Coach? He's got to be like late fifties. That's pretty old. Tony's forty. I, I don't think they would. Okay. That's uh, also pretty old, dude. Well, how old CT? Like forty three. He's forty two, forty three. And he he is old though. I guess Coach isn't that old. I guess it says he's fifty one. Okay, so he's not that. Yeah, he's not much older at all then. Uh, those, those are probably. I mean, they had freaking Enzo on season uh, one, so I mean, coach is not far fetched compared to Enzo. I mean, how Rob, would we feel if like Harvey Maria showed up? Rob, guess how old Tyson is? He's thirty nine. <laughs> oh, he's did older you, than that, bro. Did you shoot? Did you shoot really high just because I was asking? Forty <laughs> seven. <47? laughs> kind of, yeah. Uh, he's forty three, which I would thought was. You, that's older than I would have guessed. I knew he was in his 40s. I knew he was not in his 30s. I knew he was definitely mid-40s. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Anything else? I, I think we're good to get rolling here. Have a good, happy fucking year, everyone. Uh, stay safe. Hope everyone's enjoying the holidays. We'll talk to you again soon. Bye. Bye.